Thank you, choir. It's heading back to a seat. Uh, we'll continue in our worship and series on the way worshipers worship. This morning, talking about the preparation of worship. Preparation of worship. Uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 5. We'll look at that in just a moment. Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verses 1 through 7. Let me begin this way, if I may. Let's say that we all wanted to take a trip to visit the White House and meet the President of the United States of America. What would we not or could not do is this. We could not show up unannounced or unprepared. I say that to say this to us, church. When we come to worship each Lord's Day, we must be prepared to do so. I want to think that God has given us some proper procedures when it comes to calling on Him, when it comes to worshiping Him And I hope that we'll be encouraged this morning, that we'll be challenged this morning, that if we have not been coming to worship prepared, I can't think of a better time to begin than this very day. Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verses 1 through 7, reads this way. Guard your steps when you go to the house of God. Go near to listen. Rather than to offer the sacrifice of fools who do not know that they do wrong. Do not be quick with your mouth. Do not be hasty in your heart to utter anything before God. God is in heaven and you are on earth. So let your words be few. As a dream comes when there are many cares. So the speech of a fool when there are many words. When you make a vow to God, do not delay in fulfilling it. He has no pleasure in fools. Fulfill your vow. It is better not to vow than to make a vow and not fulfill it. Verse 6. Do not let your mouth lead you into sin. And do not protest to the temple messenger. My vow was a mistake. Why should God be angry at what you say? And destroy the work of your hands. Much dreaming and many words are meaningless. Therefore stand in awe of God. The word of the Lord. Lord, this is your holy, inspired, inerrant word. God, we can believe it because it's true. So Lord, as we have read your word, now as we look... At this message this morning, may our hearts be challenged. Lord God, teach us what you want each of us to hear and to learn this morning. I pray in Christ's name. Amen. Most of us have been on an airplane. Well, I've had one airplane ride, and I think back to that. It's been many years ago. And I discovered that people on an airplane... 
and people sitting on a pew have some things in common? Well, first, all are on a journey. And for the most part, all are well-behaved, all are presentable, with the exception that some may doze and some may gaze out the window. But most of all, if not most, but if not all, are pretty well satisfied. And for many, a good flight and a good worship service are the same. Nice. That was a nice flight. It was a nice worship service. And many times we leave the same way we enter. Unmoved, unchanged, unaltered, and we're content to come back the next week. Therefore, for the most part, we are content to be there. Content to sit and look straight ahead and leave when the service is over. Content to endure, content with the mundane, content with a quote-unquote nice service. However, however, a few search for more. A few dig a little deeper, and those are the ones who who leave wide-eyed with having truly experienced worship. Rather than just enduring worship. Remember from last week's message, the destination of worship is to meet with Almighty God. And for God to meet with His people. We have an agenda to meet with God. And God has an agenda. He wants to meet with us. Solomon, the richest and wisest man in the world, writing thousands of years ago, gives to us, I think very clearly, some pre-flight instructions, if if you will, so that we, God's people, can encounter God when we come into His house on the Lord's day. Well, what can we learn? Let's look at the proper procedures. First, get ready to meet God. Get ready to meet God. Verse 1 says, guard your steps. In other words, proceed with reverence into the presence of God. Enter God's house with care, with caution, with dignity, with respect. Remember last week we talked about Moses and the burning bush? We must approach God with the same care as Moses did when he encountered God in the burning bush. If you read that whole encounter there, you'll find out that Moses was was so taken back that he took off his shoes because Scripture says he was standing on holy ground. I grew up, and I'm sure most of you did too, no running in church. You're not to run in church. 
Church is not the place for you to be running. Because why? The sanctuary is a place of reverence. You know, I was thinking about how we say to people, let's do lunch. Have you ever said that? Let's do lunch. And you call your friend up and you ask, you you want to do lunch? And I I thought about that. I hope that we never just come with the idea of just doing church unprepared and just in a casual way. You see, when our hearts and minds don't show all, don't show respect, when we don't anticipate God's presence, when, when we don't listen for that still, small voice, guess what happens? We're unable to experience the presence of God. <clears throat> you see, God wants to stir our hearts and our minds. God wants to change our lives. God wants us to be satisfied in Him and to hunger for the things of God. Well, let me just give us a couple of little things that we could be doing in preparing for the Lord's day. Pray before you get to church. Pray before you get here. And I just simply ask us, do we do that? Get some rest before you get here. So you don't happen to doze off or or gaze out of the window. You will be uh, geared up and alert for worship. And then read the Bible. Read God's Word before you come to church. And and have a little study time before you get here. So that when we get into the Scriptures in Sunday school and worship, you will be ready. So, So I say all that to say this. We must come to the Lord's house hungry and willing, expecting God to speak to us and anticipating a memorable experience instead of just a mundane. So get ready to meet God. Secondly, listen to God. Listen to God. One one man said that he and his wife had words, but he never got a chance to use his. Oh, boy. And as I read that, I couldn't help but think that God must feel the same way sometimes. Back to the airplane ride. I remember when getting on the plane and as the flight attendant began to give instructions. And, and, and you know what I'm talking about if you've uh, had an airplane ride before. How he or she would explain about the, the seat belt and where the exits are and the restroom is. And how to use the seat cushion as a flotation device Uh, If need be, how to use the oxygen mask. Yet, as I recall years ago, as I listened to that and I watched most people not paying attention. They were doing their own thing. They were were looking through their carry-on luggage or or reading or looking out of the window. (laughs) They were doing everything they should have been doing. Should not have been doing. Should have been doing. And that was listening. Well, if there were an emergency, they wouldn't know how to act. Excuse me. Picture this with me. Have you ever shown up uh, to the Lord's house after a mad dash to church? World War III in the car between mom and dad and the children? I'm sure nobody's ever been there. And and then you struck. I hear some giggling over here. (laughs) Um, To my right, your left. 
And then when you stroll into the sanctuary and you find your seat and you sit down and say, man, I'm glad nobody's sitting in my seat today. You start looking around and see who's here and, and who's not here. Then you get the pastor's sermon outlining and you begin to do this. Make your grocery list or your to-do list for the next week. And before you know it, the pastor is preaching and, and you're wondering why in the world we sang certain hymns that we sang. And lo and behold, worship is over and our mind is somewhere else. We were not listening. Listening to God. Solomon gives us further instructions for experiencing God in worship. It says this, go near, uh, go near to listen rather than to offer the sacrifice of fools who do not know what they do wrong. Do not be quick with your mouth. Do not be hastily in your heart to utter anything before God. It says God's in heaven and we're here on earth. So let your words be few. Let your words be few. So let, in other words, let God do most of the talking. Why? Because God wants to communicate some message to us. Listen to God. Thirdly, mean what we say to God. Mean what we say. Solomon is instructing us here in verses 4 and 5 to keep our words. Words may not mean much to us, but church, they mean everything to God. In God's eyes, a promise is a promise. We vow it. We keep that vow. Now, let's consider for a moment. The promises that we may have made to God during a worship service. Do they go something like this? Oh God, if, if you'll get me out of this predicament, I'll serve you. Lord, if you'll, if you'll just help me do this one thing, I'm going to start coming to church more often. Lord, I promise to remain morally pure for my marriage partner. But can I say this to us? To all of us, myself included. What promises with our time, our commitments, our life, our money have we made to God and not kept? We must, church, keep our commitments that we make to God. Back to the airplane. Making commitments to God is similar to Flying on an airplane. Think about it. Once in the air, there's no turning back. And I can remember taking off, and maybe you can too. When you get in your seat and you buckle in, and, and, and when you take off, and when that plane leaves that runway, there's no turning back. And me, gloom and doom sometimes, is saying, Oh my gosh, that might be the last time I, I, I was on earth. The next time I be, might be Christ. No turning back. We're all in. We're committed. We cannot change our mind. We cannot say, I don't really want to go. We can't turn back. Listen to Matthew, or Jesus in Matthew chapter 5, verse 33. He says this. Again, you have heard that it was said to the people long ago, Do not break your oath, but keep the oaths you have made to the Lord. In verse 37, simply let your yes be yes. And your no, no 
Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. Mean what you say. Fourthly, take God seriously. Take God seriously. Solomon concludes there in verse 7. Much dreaming and many words are meaningless. Therefore, stand in awe of God. Solomon says, keep your word. Solomon said, stand in awe of God. Solomon said, fear God. Have utmost respect for Him. Take God seriously. A church sign was advertising one of its worship services this way. And it said, casual worship, 9 a.m. Now we know what message they were trying to communicate. That the worship service was going to be casual dress and informal. But as I thought about that and I thought about the writings of Solomon here. I believe, and I believe Solomon believed it as well. That there's nothing casual about worship. Nothing casual about worship. Far, far too often, many take God too lightly. They approach Him in a, in a trite, in a casual way and refer to Him as their buddy or their pal. No, God is the eternal God of the universe. And not only that, church, He has a claim on our lives. Why? Because He has placed eternity in our hearts. Flip back to to chapter 3 of Ecclesiastes, verse 11. Get this verse. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also, get this, set eternity in the hearts of men. Yet they cannot fathom what God has done from beginning to end. Now I say all that to say this. May we never, ever play games with God. Now don't misunderstand me. I think God has a sense of humor. I really do. I think He wants us to to have fun and and, and to laugh. And and He delights when, when we are happy. But worship is serious business. That's why we approach God in all or with all and reverence. I read a, a story this week about a teenager on a class trip in good-natured, playful way was going through security. And he humorously said, do you really think I have a gun in my bag? Now you guess it. You're exactly right what happened next. In an instant, what happened? He was taken in and he was checked. Of course, he, no, there was no gun found. And then he was scolded. Don't you think that student probably walked away from that experience knowing that he would never walk through an airport making jokes about guns? Now, why do I say that? Because entering the presence of God Almighty is not a joking matter. It's serious business. So I ask us in conclusion this morning, are we ready to board the flight? Are we ready to take the trip? And let me say this. Worship is not some endurance contest, but it's a marvelous adventure. 
into the presence of Almighty God. It's not business as usual. It's a wonder-filled ride into a new dimension of life. It's not a mundane trip, but a memorable flight. And on the journey, our reaction ought not to be simply, oh, it was a nice service or a nice trip. But as one little boy said on his first flight in an airplane, Dad, that was awesome. May we, each Lord's Day, be prepared for worship. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for the message that you have conveyed to us. Lord God, I pray that each heart has been challenged here today. God, I know mine has in preparation. And Lord, I pray that you would remind us as we come into worship to take you seriously, to mean what we say, to listen to you. And Lord God, to get ready to meet with you. So Lord, if we have come into worship in a casual kind of flippant way, Lord, forgive us for that. May we take worshiping you very serious. Because, Lord, our agenda is or ought to be to meet with you. And, Lord, we know what your agenda for us is, that you want to meet with us. And you want to meet our needs. You want to answer our prayers. You want to bless our lives. So, God, may we always be in tune with you and prepared for worship each Lord's Day. And I pray in Christ's name and for his sake. Amen.